0: The following audio is from Summit Church. For more information on Summit Church, visit www.summitonline.tv. Hey, church, as we just continue to plug our way through the last portion of the book of Philippians Paul, the author, he has been dosing it out, just just giving us great truth. We're going one verse at a time. We've done that the last two weeks. Uh, We saw two weeks ago that Paul says, we need to rejoice in the Lord always. He said it again, rejoice. That is a huge, huge appeal, a huge plea, something that those of us who are followers of Jesus need to work at, need to learn what that means. Last week in verse 5 of Philippians chapter 4, we saw that our gentleness, our patience, our kindness, our consideration for others, it needs to be known by all. We need to live in such a way that everyone we come into contact with sees our Our gentleness knows our gentleness because we have been shown the same patience, kindness, and gentleness from God. And today it doesn't stop, it doesn't get any easier. Paul saved the best for last in this letter to the church in Philippi. And in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, we see one, I believe, of the most difficult verses for many of us to hear and apply. And that's in verse 6. Let's read them both right now. Philippians 4, 6 and 7, it says this. Do not be anxious about anything. What a difficult command. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation... By prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And then, the beautiful promise. And then, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I want to clarify what we're talking about here today. Because when I read verse six and it says, do not be anxious about anything, there's a part of me that goes, ah, that's impossible. That's an impossible plea. That's an impossible command. How how can I be anxious about nothing? Anxiety is something that that can cripple us without any warning. Anxiety is something that we can feel when we don't want to feel it. So I want to make sure that we're clear what we're discussing. This is not talking about clinical anxiety. This is not talking about something that happens to you, and it's really no fault of your own. If I'd been preaching this message seven years ago, I'd have said, yeah, I mean, there's people that say they have anxiety, but it's, it's just in their minds. It's no big deal. Until I experienced it, until I felt it, It was the craziest season of my life because I'm standing on stage one Sunday night and I'm unable to finish speaking. My heart's racing. My blood pressure's through the roof. I feel like I'm going to pass out. I remember having to say in the middle of this business meeting, I'm calling an audible. I'm done here. I need to go sit down before I pass out called the band back up. Everyone worried what was going on. My wife comes running up. What's what's happening? It's like, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. What it turns out is I had undiagnosed, super high blood pressure. It was causing a bunch of things to occur, but I couldn't stand on stage for weeks. For weeks, I couldn't stand on stage and preach. That's, That's what I do that's my bread and butter. That, that's where I feel the most comfortable up until that point. I couldn't do it. I was so scared. I was so worried. And that just exacerbated the situation. It was these fears and these emotions that, that then became physical realities. And that's what anxiety is. It's, it's defined clinically like this. It's an emotion characterized by feelings of tension, worried thoughts. Physical changes like increased blood pressure, people with anxiety disorders usually have reoccurring intensive thoughts or concerns. They, can, they may choose to avoid certain situations out of the worry that's caused simply from being in them. And that was me. I Something that literally the week before I didn't think really existed had just crippled me. And now because of the grace of God, because of, medical science. I was able to get my blood pressure under control. I was able to be helped and coached through some situations, but it took time. I remember the fear in my wife's eyes. Every time she would walk in on a Sunday morning, she would make eye contact with me and she would just give me one of these. She wanted to know if I was feeling good or not. Are are you okay? Are you up there panicking? And for those of you listening today, who are experiencing clinical anxiety, something you don't want, something that you've tried to combat, something that is truly, truly hindering your life, then I want you to know that this verse, all it does is create more anxiety. Be anxious about nothing. Well, Todd, I am So so what do you do? If if you're suffering from clinical anxiety, I I think you need to approach it like you would any other medical problem, okay? Don't hide it. Don't try and ignore it. Don't try and (laughs) dispel it. No, instead, instead seek treatment. Know that Jesus is the great physician, but there's also things that can come alongside and help you in this moment. There's this misnomer within the church that Christians should not experience anxiety. That's simply not true. That's not what this verse is saying. When Paul says, be anxious about nothing, I don't think he's speaking about clinical anxiety. I think he's talking about anxiousness. And biblically, I want to now define that. And that's what I want to talk about for the rest of this message. Anxiousness in general is this. It is to be troubled by our cares. It's to be troubled by the things that we love, the things that we value and appreciate. The more you care for something, the more possible it becomes for you to be troubled by it, to be worried about it, to be anxious because of it. The more you care, the more likely you are to be anxious about something. So let's read Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 again, but put the correct definition of the word anxiousness in there. It's, let's read it. Do not be troubled. With care, do not be troubled with your cares about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with Thanksgiving, present your request to God. What cares do you have that cause you trouble? What cares in your life do you have that cause you worry and anxiousness? For me, my family. I love them so much. I want what's absolutely best for them. I want to make sure my boys are in the right schools and the right events. I want to make sure my wife has had all these cares that I have simply because I love my family. They can create anxiety. They can create anxiousness. They can create trouble because of my care. The church, Summit Church. This is my baby. I care about this thing. I care about what God is doing here and how God is using me and the staff and and our leaders and our our volunteers to to do something great in our communities. I, I care about that. It keeps me up at night. I care about it so much. But it becomes an enormous weight far too often. And I don't know if you know this about me. I'm an an incredible people pleaser. If you come up to me and tell me that you're upset about something, my world stops and I want to fix that right then. I want to make sure you're happy. I may not even know you, but I have that hardwired in me from somewhere. And if you let me know that I've done something to let you down, that's all I'm going to think about. That's all the care that I'm going to have To the detriment of my family and the church, and and another thing. I'm a people pleaser to the max, and, and that's not good, and it can create anxiety in my life. Before we go any further and look at the rest of verse six and what we need to do with those cares that trouble us, I want you literally to pause the video. I want you to go find a piece of paper. If if you're alone, find a piece of paper. If you're with someone, you can talk this out. But I want you to pause right now. And I literally just want you to write down or talk about the cares in your life that cause you trouble, the cares in your life that cause you anxiety. Pause the video now and go do that. We'll be back in just a moment. So what Paul says to do with whatever you've written down, whatever you discuss, what, what Paul says to do with your cares is he says this, to bring those petitions and those requests and those cares. He says to bring those before God. So that's what we're supposed to do with all those cares, the cares that I hope you just wrote down or talked about. But there's other things we can do that may be easier than just praying about them. Some of us choose to numb those cares and those concerns in many different ways. Some of us simply just choose to ignore them. There's some of you that are very good strategizers, and so you want to figure out a plan to deal with those cares or those concerns. But I really do believe that what Paul says here is the best prescription for cares that trouble you. He says you should pray. Let's read verse six one more time. Do not be anxious about Anything okay, but if you are, then here's what you do in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God, pray about everything that causes you emotional trouble, pray about everything that causes you anxiety. We are so prone and hardwired to say, hey, this is not worthy of bothering God. We're so hardwired and prone to only pray about the big things. But that's what Paul's saying. No, that's that's the wrong mentality. God cares about you. So your cares, he cares about, and he wants you to talk to him, to ask him to step into your troubles. I remember when Bryce, our oldest, he's 10 now, I remember when we had our first ultrasound, he was in his mama's belly. They said, there's some things that look a little off. And and I remember we prayed so hard and went back a week or so later and had another ultrasound and the problems were gone. And I called my mom and I I said, mom, they're gone. And I remember her with just just crying over the phone saying, why don't we pray like this about everything? Why why does it take risk of death of a baby for us to really hit our knees and pray? And and that's always stuck with me. We think it's got to be that. It's got to be life or death before God really cares. And that's just not true. And Paul knew that. So he says, hey, in all situations, in all situations, if you start to feel anxious, the first thing you should do, not the last, the first thing you should do is pray. You should bring your petitions, an interesting word. It simply means to ask. I still remember we were at Pine Cove over a decade ago. We were at Pine Cove for Summer Camp, great times. Paige and I, the boys, and, and we were at this family camp, and one of the chapel speakers just described prayer this way. He said, Do you know that that prayer is to ask? And as a pastor, I'm like, uh-oh, no, 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 no. You have to have a prayer live. You, you have to have communion with the Lord. You need to sit in his presence. You need to listen. Prayer is not just asking. But then I started to think about it. All those other things that I thought prayer is, that's not prayer. You do need to spend time with the Lord. You do need to listen, but to pray is to ask. And Paul knew this. And so he said, when you pray, bring your petitions, bring your requests before the Lord. He wants to hear them. We can't treat God like a genie in a bottle, okay? That's that's not who he is. That's not what he is. He doesn't grant us wishes, but something that God does desire is for us to talk to him about the things that are bothering us, that are worrying us, that are causing us anxiety. He wants us to bring our petitions, our requests before him. But then Paul adds, I think, probably the most critical piece to this we bring those requests and those petitions before God with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving implies appreciation. We're thankful for the fact that God wants to listen to our needs and our concerns and our anxieties. And I'm certain, I'm certain that God delights in hearing the requests of his children. I'm certain of that because the Bible is clear about that. But I also know that God delights in the appreciation or the thankfulness of his children. So when we bring our request begrudgingly, I guess this is all I've got left, Lord. Let's see if you can do this. He would much prefer you to say, God, thank you. Thank you, I I do feel anxious right now. This care, this concern, it's weighing on me and I wanna let you help me carry it. I'm thankful. I appreciate that you're allowing me to do this. That thankfulness, it comes with the request and the beauty of what that means is this. I'm making the request and God, thank you regardless of what you do. God, thank you just for listening. God, thank you just for caring enough to establish a relationship where I can bring these things to you. That prayer Offered with thanksgiving will produce a beautiful result. And that's what verse 7 is. It will result in a peace that surpasses all understanding. Let's read it together. Philippians 4 verse 7. When you pray with thanksgiving, the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus It's a peace that guards. The word there is literally to garrison or fortress. Okay, so I want you to think about your heart and your mind. I want you to think about those two things and where anxiety lives in your life, in your heart and in your mind and the love that you have for others and the thoughts that you have about certain situations. And I want you to picture the peace of God, which literally builds a fort, a fort around your heart and your mind. That peace does so because our hearts are so susceptible to wrong feelings. Our minds are susceptible to wrong thinking. So often, this leads us to being troubled by things that God has already overcome. I wonder how many of our cares Our troubled cares are things that God looks down at us and goes, oh, child, I love you so much, but why are you worried about that? I've got that. I've got that. I've got your kids. I've got your family. I've got your tomorrow. I've got that. I know it's worrisome to you. I know it's troubling in your mind. I know it hurts your heart. I know that, child, because I made you, but I've got that. Proverbs chapter 31 talks about this woman of faith, this amazing picture of a woman. And one of the verses I love the most in Proverbs 31 is it says that this woman can look at tomorrow and laugh. She laughs at tomorrow, not boastfully, not arrogantly, but knowing that her faith in God will lead her through tomorrow. No one else knows what tomorrow will bring except for him. So why worry about tomorrow? That's what Jesus says. It can't add a minute to your life to worry about tomorrow, just trust God, he's got you. And a peace that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds. Oh, we need that. But don't forget the action that produces that. It's prayer. It's asking God to step in to the troubled cares that we have and doing so with thanksgiving on the front end. I know that many of you are sitting here listening today thinking, I need there to be a more detailed prescription for dealing with anxiety because this is something I really need to discuss. This is something I really want help in. And you're just telling me to pray. Like that's the most churchy Sunday school answer ever. You're just telling me to pray more and my anxiety will go away. And I'm wanting you to hear the beauty that is in the simplicity of this response. If something is troubling you, if there is a care that is causing you trouble, there's a God who in 1 Peter 5 7 says, Cast your burdens, or another translation, cast your anxieties upon me because I care. I think. Oftentimes we picture God as so far away and aloof that He doesn't care about what we care about, but the reality is He does. He knows you. He loves you. He understands your worries and your concerns. He understands your anxiety. And he cares about those things, the things that you care about. He cares about them too. And he cares about you and he doesn't want you to have to carry that burden alone. He wants you to bring that burden to him, to bring that petition and that request to him so he can carry it for you. Because as I've said many times before, whoever carries the burden to the end gets the glory Casting your anxieties to God, bringing your petitions and requests before him with thanksgiving, that's not weakness. That's strength. That is faith. And that is allowing God to do what he wants to do in and through you for his glory. We as a church would love love to come alongside you in this season and pray with you regarding anything, anything at all that might be troubling you or causing you concern. We would love to do that. But as much as we would love to do that, I do want you to hear today that this is a message where your response needs to be personal. It needs to be you choosing to take your anxiety, your worry, your cares, your burdens to God and asking Him to carry them for you so that He gets the glory. And you get the reward, the peace that transcends all understanding that will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. I want that peace for you, and God has that peace for you, and I pray you find it this week. Father, give us your peace help us bring our petitions and requests our cares and our troubles before you so that you might show off lord that you might get the glory that you might give us the peace lord that you alone can provide we need that we want that and we love you in, this in your name we pray amen